Over 200,000 of the homeless people in the United States of America are women and girls. The most needed and understocked item in homeless shelters, feminine hygiene products. Joy Road Media is proud to tell you about the Clean Love Project. The Clean Love Project's mission is to help women and young girls feel clean, loved, and empowered by distributing clean love kits to alleviate their hygiene needs. Go to thecleanloveproject.org to find out how you can help. The Clean Love Project focuses on the Metro Detroit area, but it also distributes kits worldwide. If you are a female in need of a clean love kit, go to thecleanloveproject.org and request one today. Joy Road Media is a proud supporter of The Clean Love Project at thecleanloveproject.org. From the ragged heart of the Rust Belt, this is Great Lakes Confidential with your hosts, Angie and Marty. going on mm, living the dream how are you living the michigan dream the yeah. great lakes dream i'm freezing welcome to it which is crazy because it's like 50 degrees out mm-hmm. it was 50 degrees out today and 50 degrees in if you're not in michigan it's winter and it's cold and 50 degree day is kind of a rarity in december mm-hmm. um it's usually quite a bit colder in fact we um, don't plan for them no no but we live in, um, it's a cute little house, but it's cinder block, which is kind of weird. Mm-hmm. And so that means that when it's very cold outside, it's very cold inside. And if it's very hot outside, it's like it heats up the bricks, the blocks, and it gets really like hot being inside. in a tandoori oven. Yeah. And so I'm literally shaking right now because I'm so mm-hmm. cold. And that's just the way that it's going to be until June, well, probably. Well, <laughs> Warm up with a hot topic here on Great Lakes Confidential. Word. So today we're going to take a little trip downtown Detroit to Hitsville, USA. Hitsville, USA. Motown Records. I've never been there before. Mm-hmm. It's always been a, a dream of mine well, to go. We'll have to stop by. We'll yeah. Did a little research on it before we go. Yeah. Yeah. You want to hear what I found out? I sure do. You've been there though, right? I have. Okay. So... I don't know if I'll be able to educate you on anything. Uh, I'm just here for color. (laughs) I just throw my my commentary in as you. You're the play-by-play person. I'm the color commentary. No, that's a pretty accurate description of the show. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Every now and again, I let you take the lead. Yeah. Let. Those shows are disasters. (laughs) But today we're talking about Motown, and I'm here to provide a little insight as only one can. He went to the museum several years ago. All right, let's do it. All so right. Motown Records was established by Barry Gordy Jr. Barry Gordy Jr. in 1959. The great Barry Gordy Jr. At that time, it was actually called Tamia Records. Tamia. Mm, okay, and was incorporated as Motown Record Corporation in 1960. 
Motown played a huge role in the racial integration of popular music as an African-American-owned label that achieved crossover success. Mm-hmm. Motown was the most successful soul music label with a net worth of $61 million. Wow. That's a lot of money. Sure is. From 1960 to 1969, Motown had 79 records on the Billboard, Billboard Hot 100 Top 10. Mm-hmm. In 1967, Gordy moved Motown to Los Angeles, California, and expanded into film and television production. Did you know that? I did, yeah. The company was independent until 1988 when MCA Records purchased it. Polygram purchased the label in 1993, and then in 1999, Universal Music Group took over after acquiring Polygram. Throughout most of the 2000s, Motown was headquartered in New York City as part of the Universal Music Group subsidiaries Universal Motown and Universal Motown Republic Group. From 2011 to 2014, it was part of the Island Def Jam Music Group of Universal Music. In 2014, Island Def Jam was dissolved and Motown relocated back to L.A. to operate under the Capital Music Group. Ah, back to L.A. Yep. And then in two in 2018, Motown was inducted into the Rhythm and Blues Music Hall of Fame in a ceremony held at the Charles H. Wright Museum in Detroit. Very cool. So when we talk about Motown here in Detroit, we talk about the glory days mm-hmm. before they went to L.A. The you know the the all the bands you remember, the Temptations, the Four Tops, the Supremes, Marvin Gaye, all of them. Those, that's what we talk about when we talk about Motown. Yeah, yeah. It, it, that's why I condensed a lot of that. I mean, mm-hmm. you could do an entire podcast right. on Motown and, you know. Like we don't, yeah. I condensed the, it a lot. And that's the thing is this is probably just going to be a, a quick episode on Motown as a jumping off point to later episodes because there's so many stories oh, yeah. to talk yeah. about. So many things to discover, but we're just really talking about Motown and why Motown's important to Detroit. And uh, one of the things I, I like to talk about, well, I mean, go on, you got the stories, right? <laughs> Just making sure that, that uh, you weren't done. Yeah. Barry Gordy's interest in the music business began when he opened a record store in Detroit called the 3D Record Mart. It was his hope that he could, quote, educate customers about the beauty of jazz. Unfortunately, the record store didn't last long, but his interest in music didn't fade. He frequently went to downtown Detroit nightclubs where he eventually met others in the music business. He became part of a group of songwriters, and between 1957 and 1958, he helped write or produce over 100 sides for various artists. So this is when you're talking about. This is when he was downtown Detroit. He was going to the nightclubs. He was meeting, you know, different artists, um, helping write songs, and then he slowly started getting into producing and Mm -hmm. things like that. So then by 1959... Barry Gordy had helped write, produce, and release enough songs that the local media was beginning to take notice. He had worked in various studios throughout the area, but realized it would be cheaper for him to purchase a building to turn into a recording studio instead of leasing his own his records to others, which is what he had been doing mm-hmm. up until that point. So mid-1959, he purchased a photography studio at 2648 West Grand Boulevard, which um, he converted the main floor into office space and recording studio, and that's where Hitsville, USA was born. And still remains. Still does, yeah. At least the museum. Yep. 
Yep. There's, um, well, I'll get to that in just a second. In 1985, Esther Gordy Edwards founded the Motown Museum, home of Hitsville, USA. Esther was the former Motown Records executive and sister to Barry Gordy Jr., the museum is one of Michigan's top international tourist destinations with visitors from every corner of the world coming to stand in Studio A, where so many artists recorded some of their favorite albums. And that's so true about Motown Museum and any any like uh, mu- music museum anywhere in America that kind of ties into like 60s music, rock and roll, soul music, always just filled with Europeans. Yeah. Hilariously so. That's, like it's great. I mean, it's great to see him there. You know, everyone's so excited to be there and looking at everything. But it's just, it's just always kind of funny because it's like, you know, um, I don't know. You, if you've been to the Motown Museum, or I'm thinking about, um, you know, like the uh, the Sun Records Museum in Memphis mm-hmm. and all that. These museums are, you know, just uh, just somewhere in the neighborhood. You know, it's not like uh, the giant, uh, um, you know, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame type right. building. It's just a little building somewhere in the neighborhood. And to think that, you know. You've got people coming in from France and Amsterdam who are planning their, you know, this is an important part of their vacation. Yeah. They're coming to America. They're not going to any of the Disney worlds or lands or they're, you know, maybe they might even not even be going to Chicago or New York. Who knows? They're coming here right. to go look at Motown Museum. I think that's that's a huge testament to what that music meant mm-hmm. and still means to so many people, yeah. you know? It it's it is soulful and mm-hmm. and it it fills your soul. Yeah. <laughs> I mean it. You know, there's a lot of and you think about the history of a lot of the songs mm-hmm. from that time. You know, there were you know the race riots in Detroit were going on in the in the late mm-hmm. '60s, and you think about the civil rights movement, and you think about all of these mm-hmm. Motown artists that were. Right. smack dab like in the middle of it. as a label, like Motown was a very progressive label on right. you know, race relations. It was trying to bring everyone together. Right. Like, we, we aren't black music. We're the sound of music, period. Yeah. The sound of young America. Right, right. You know, that's Motown. Yeah, exactly. That, that's And I love that it spans the entire globe. Like, that's... Yeah. Like I said, it's a huge testament to, to what that music really meant to so yeah. many people. So... Esther very carefully preserved Studio A, which still houses original instruments and recording equipment. In 1988, Michael Jackson donated a black fedora and studded white white right-handed glove, that is a mm-hmm. mouthful, as well as $125,000 to the Motown Museum. There is an 1877 Wait, You can't just move on from the glove from that. Why? We got to discuss the glove. That's not just a glove and a fedora. That is supposedly Oh, you're right. The yep. glove that Michael Jackson wore on the twenty fifth anniversary special where he first debuted the moonwalk in nineteen eighty three. That's the rumor anyway. Yeah. If you've ever been there and you see it like, you know, it's it's Michael Jackson's glove. It's that glove. The the first time that glove caught everyone's eye with right. you know, all the light <laughs> just coming off this thing it's in every shiny. direction. Right. It's like a disco ball attached to his wrist. You know what I mean? Like it's it's was an iconic piece, yeah. and you go there and you go to the museum and you see it in the case and you look at it. And you're like, oh my god, that's just a uh, like an off white work glove. Is it really with sequins stitched to it, like an old Dickies work glove or something? Yeah, like something you might use Shut while you're up. gardening or, or <laughs> putting up drywall or something with just with just a, a ton of sequins like hand stitched into it. 
Not even bedazzled, just and not even like amazing gemstones, just sequins. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, it's, I can't wait to see it now. Yeah, it's it's kind of uh, you know makes me think of like uh, what was that uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Right, do you remember that movie? I don't follow okay. your reference. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, at the end of the movie, um, you know, to save his dad's life. They're in the cave where the Holy Grail is is hidden and okay. being protected. And it's in this room with like a thousand different like chalices. And uh, they got to guess which one's the real Grail. And of course, the, the dumb Nazi that gets in there too picks the most glamorous one and drinks from it and he ends up melting. Because so, <laughs> it was wrong. You know what I mean? Like the the real Grail was the most humble looking one in there, yeah. and it's sort of that's just sort of what it makes me think about. Like you see the glove up close, and it's like, wow, that is really the most <laughs> humble looking glove <laughs> ever. That just got jazzed up a little bit. That's funny. And meanwhile, just looked amazing. On but camera. I mean, hey, you shine a light on certain things, and it'll sparkle. Yeah, that's right. That's funny. I can't wait to see it now. That's exciting. So yeah. So there's an 1877 Steinway and Sons Model D Grand Piano in the museum, which was used by many musicians from 67 to 72. This is kind of comical to me. In 2011, um, Paul McCartney was in Detroit for a performance. And while in town, he had a private tour of the museum, Mm -hmm. which is I'm realizing is pretty common thing. Yeah. Uh, The Rolling Stones were just here. Mick Jagger was just photographed all over the museum. Yeah. So... It's it seems to be a pretty normal thing for musicians to pop in and reverence and <laughs> and get a private tour. Uh, so he had a private tour of the museum. Mm-hmm. He asked if he could play the piano, and at that point, it was discovered that it was no longer in playing condition. Oh, good. Yeah, Thanks, Paul. With Paul McCartney. Paul McCartney wants to play your piano. You better make sure that the piano can be played. Oh man, I don't know. I have some respect for that piano, Paul. I mean, it's very old. 1877, that's that's a few years ago. Yeah. Well, with the support of Paul McCartney, it was restored in 2012 and played by him and Barry Gordy during a charity event in September of 2012. Yeah, very cool. Currently, the Motown Museum is undergoing a $50 million expansion project called Hitsville Next. And this is a mm-hmm. quote from their website. Headquartered in three historic Motown-era homes on West Grand Boulevard, Hitsville Next will be a creative hub for entrepreneurship and education designed to offer impactful, community-focused engagement programs in a state-of-the-art facility. So once the expansion is complete, it will feature dynamic interactive exhibits, professional recording studio, an expanded retail experience, state-of-the-art performance theater, and smart classrooms and meeting spaces. With the expansion construction schedule, the museum is closed for tours until the summer of 2022. But you can visit their website, which is motownmuseum.org. And there's a really cool virtual exhibit called Still Going On. Mm -hmm. And that is in celebration of the 50th anniversary of Marvin Gaye's album, What's Going On. Great album. And it's a pretty pretty neat little exhibit, too. I checked it out the other day, and, and I like it. And you can also see photos, you know, uh, like an artist rendering of what the expansion will look like. Mm -hmm. And it kind of reminds me of like an outdoor uh, mall type, you know, like outlet Mm -hmm. malls. That's kind of what it reminds me of. Um, But it looks like they're keeping the homes all intact and they'll just be separate 
entities. Are they building like a larger building behind the home? I think so. Yeah, yeah. But those homes will stay the way that they. Yeah, the crazy thing was there was some debate. I remember a few years ago when this was going on and the, these plans came out. At the same time, somebody is trying to build a national like you know R and B Hall of Fame museum. Oh, really? And they wanted to build it in Detroit. They wanted to somehow tie it in with the Motown Museum, whatever. They were like, please, just let's... They were begging people to take this on and build it somewhere in Detroit. And uh, nobody was interested. Nobody wanted to build this, you know, National R&B Hall of Fame, which I think would be amazing, would be right at home in Detroit. There's There's only a couple other cities I could think of that could lay a claim anywhere close to Detroit's claim. Mm -hmm. But uh, I don't know. I think it'd be really cool if it was here. And, you know, we could kind of just acknowledge, yeah, we are, you know, one of the premier cities uh, for R&B, even though we are. Everyone already knows it. Right. But So it would just be an extension then of... I don't... Like, Bowtown Museum turned it down, and I think that's around the time they brought out their own plans. Oh, okay. Like, they didn't want to be involved in any... You know, they want to stand on their own. Yeah, yeah. I really like the idea of the the classrooms and stuff. Mm-hmm. I like the idea of, um, you know, educating the younger generation on not just the history of Motown, but but also kind of guiding them and, and showing them the way to get into the music business mm-hmm. and giving them the opportunity to explore their own talents, especially in, in a city such as Detroit where, you know, music talent everywhere there is a lot of music talent but what i was what i was gonna say and i don't want to say it and sounding rude or something but there's a lot of there we have a lot of poverty in detroit and there's a lot of you know kids that are um underprivileged and don't have the opportunities Mm -hmm. and you know you always wonder like what sort of talent do these kids have that just hasn't been tapped and what sort of talent do they have that they just don't know where to go with it because they don't have those opportunities. They don't have those resources. They don't have the money. I mean, you have to, you know, it's so cliche to say you have to spend money to make money, but it's true. I mean, you know, how are these kids going to do anything if they don't have the opportunity to, to showcase another another opportunity, another resource. Yeah. Yeah. I love, I love that about it. I think that that's such a, that's such a great idea. Whoever thought of that is, you know, that's pretty mm-hmm. brilliant. Um, and then also having another performance theater. There's a lot in Detroit. You know, we've got the yeah. Fox Theater. We've got um, Broadway. We've got, you know, there's so many different places. There's so many different theaters. But I I feel like there's always room for more to, to showcase different. Right. I mean, it's nice to have their own space, too. To, Absolutely. You know, you could showcase Paul McCartney could come into town and do a very special charity show there or whatever. Exactly. Where they have the space to do it without having to bring everyone down into the snake pit, which is kind of hollowed ground. Yeah, I think it's great. So I definitely recommend checking out the website if if you haven't already seen it or, you know, and and obviously go check out the museum itself once it reopens. But you can on the website, you can purchase Motown Museum merchandise Uh, There's virtual exhibits, as I said before. You can learn more about the expansion. And then there's also a... And the deadline is very soon. It's December 12th, so next weekend. Um, But they are having a... It's called Motown Mike, the Spoken Word Competition. 
So you can go to the website and you can apply to be a part of this spoken word competition. And I think that's pretty, that's pretty cool too. So if you're into that sort of thing, um, I, I definitely recommend. And then also, most importantly, on the website, you can donate money or you can become a member or a sponsor. The Motown Museum is a nonprofit cultural institution, so donations are definitely like the most important thing in keeping them open and continuing to educate visitors. So if you have a couple of dollars to spare, you know, even as little as five bucks, I'm sure that they would be so grateful for that. Uh, and then, like I said, becoming a member, you get, I believe, like a year of free or discounted. I believe it's free. You can go to the museum for free for the year. They've got discounts on merchandise, all kinds of stuff. So definitely worth it. So yeah, I think that's I think that's Motown. What else do you have to add about Motown Museum. Well, I think the the most one of the most amazing things Barry Gordy did. This doesn't. This is about Motown, not the museum. Mm-hmm. It's the way he, like he was, um, the Henry Ford of the music industry. Yeah. The way that he assembled this team of songwriters and musicians and the stable of artists to come out and he could just bang out hit song after hit song after hit song like day after day after day like a machine. Yeah. Like it was as it was a hit making factory, which I mean, if that isn't Detroit. Right. You could kiss my ass. <gasps> Sorry. We're trying to keep this a family show. Right. <laughs> so before we head out, I do want to say hi to our friend Sarah in Grand Ledge. Yeah. She sent me a really nice message about the show earlier this week, and then she also left us a really sweet review. So I want to give her a shout out and tell her thank you so much for doing that. Thank you, Sarah. If you like what we're doing here... I hope you do. Please give us a rating or a review. Um, you can review us on Apple Podcasts. I don't think you can do reviews on Spotify yet. I think that they've uh, not caught up with the um, technology of reviews mm. on Spotify. <laughs> so, But you can leave us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts. And then you can also do the same thing on our Facebook page if you like. And then we... Speaking of the Facebook page, we would love to hear from you on our social media. So Facebook or Instagram, you can give us a like, a follow, a share, whatever you do. Usually on Wednesdays, I do like a random trivia question about our state. And that's been a lot of fun. It's neat to see people's guesses and, you know, see how much people really know about our state, which I'll be honest, it's probably about a 50-50. Yeah. People know the answers or people don't, you well, know. they're learning. But they are, yeah. And it's it's been a lot of fun. My friend Miranda likes to cheat. She sometimes Googles the answer and then she'll comment. And I'm like, what are you, what are you, you doing? You don't have to blow her up I know. right here. Well, that's she's my best friend. That's what I do. Right. But I love you, Miranda. She's engaging with the post. <laughs> so anyways, find us on social media. Send us an email if you want. All right. Do whatever you do. Yeah. Would love to hear from you. Okay. And stay warm. Mm -hmm. Bundle up. Do that. (laughs) He must want me to wrap this up. Okay. So (laughs) we're going to go on. We're going to head on out. It's hot chocolate time, baby. It is. Ooh, that does sound good. All right. Well, you guys, we'll talk to you soon. All right. Text us when you get home. Bye. Bye. This episode of Great Lakes Confidential was hosted by Angie Amon and Martin Butler. Logo design and episode artwork by Martin Butler, edited and produced by Angie Amon. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram by searching Great Lakes Confidential. 
To contact the show directly, email greatlakesconfidential at gmail.com. For more Michigan-based podcasts, visit Joy Road Media on Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok.